0: hello everyone and welcome to episode 13 of the hoops crush podcast i am joined by brady parks over there how you doing brady
1: i'm doing pretty good how about yourself
0: um i'm good man uh fighting the cold for like the third time in fourth in four weeks uh i don't know what the heck is wrong with me man but other than that i've been good Uh, does the weather uh,
1: change a lot up there i know it changes a lot where i'm at so i don't know if that i i have no idea (laughs) so that would
0: um, well, last night we got a little bit of snow and ice uh, for the first time this uh, season. Um, but yeah, I mean, it just really, summers are really nice here, uh, good hot weather and stuff, um, but not like too hot. Uh, but winters are mostly just overcast and rainy with an occasional snowstorm that everyone freaks out about, but, <laughs> but Yeah. For those that don't know, I live in the Portland area and Brady lives in Kansas. So. Yeah,
1: the weather changes like every day here. Uh, it's Does actually it? insane. Yeah, sometimes yeah. it's crazy. Yeah. Uh,
0: so the Blazers, since we last uh, spoke, have played three games. One of them they got a win in. Uh, yes. The other two were blowouts, uh, blowout losses. Uh, they've now lost four out of the four five games. And none of the four losses have been close. They've lost by 21, 29, 36, and 28 in those four losses. Um, So the first game we need to talk about is the second time we played Dallas. Uh, We got blown out the first time we played them by 29. And then we play them again two days later. And no we Luka, lose by thirty six. No
1: Luka Doncic, we have a chance. Yeah. No, no, yeah, we don't. no. No
0: Luca either. Uh no lively, right? Yeah. No Cleva still. So uh yeah, they they seemingly should have been in that game. Um, but apparently you can't do anything when you have a young roster. So we'll talk <laughs> yeah. about that in a minute. But yeah. uh yeah, so what did you think about that game? Were you pretty disappointed with their effort yeah, level and stuff?
1: Mean. The game was absolutely horrendous. Uh just a, a bad game. And uh, obviously, as you said the last three games or the last time we talked, we you know, there was three games. I watched two of the three. Guess which two I watched? The two losses. <laughs> yeah. I did not watch the Nets and Blazers game, so I missed that one. But yeah, unfortunately, just another just absolute blowout, man. It, it sucks, man. Uh you know, you love to see you want to see your team be competitive and it just hasn't been the case whatsoever especially in the third quarter we only score 16 points uh just it's been disappointing man it really has Mm -hmm. been and i don't think our roster is as bad as you know what we're playing I, i don't think so like we have the we had veterans here obviously they tempered expectations as much as possible but those are guys that theoretically should be able to help you win obviously injuries you know have been uh you know something that's happened to us of course but uh it's getting blown out every night i think is just i mean i know aiden's been gone or whatever but it's just been disappointing
0: yeah so they go into brooklyn uh for a sunday afternoon game they win in overtime anfernee has 38 and 11 a huge performance from him do has a good game um and it's like okay maybe they'll start to build on that you know and every time we start to think that, uh, The two nights later, they go into New York and just get absolutely trounced in New York. It wasn't even close. Um, This game was over pretty much in the first few minutes. New York jumped on us early, and uh, it's just a pretty boring game. Chauncey played uh, garbage minutes the whole fourth quarter um, and just was not the Blazers were not competitive at all in this game. And uh, that's been. The theme lately, in my opinion, is I think the Blazers have just not shown up in some of these games. They've gotten off to horrendous starts. Uh, they turned the ball over a lot in the first quarter, and they just seem like they're not ready to play, and they're not giving full effort in a lot of cases, especially on rebounds and stuff like that. And so it's been kind of frustrating just watch them get pummeled in these games. Um, so what did, you said you watched the New York game. What did you think of that one?
1: Yeah, I mean, literally, uh, we could have probably given the Knicks, like, a, a campsite at the three-point line. Like, we, just, <laughs> we just let them shoot as many wide-open threes as they wanted. That game, OG Nanobi was torching us in the first quarter. I think he had, like, 13 points in the first quarter or something crazy like that. Uh, just absolutely torching us, whether it was cutting to the basket and dunking on us or hitting a corner to three. OG was left wide open, like, almost the whole game. It was just really unfortunate. Um, but yeah, they, they absolutely torched us and then we also couldn't grab a rebound like the, I I don't know how many offensive rebounds that are rebounds they had but I have to imagine it was like a crazy amount uh, Okay, maybe it's it not as bad as I thought but it felt it felt worse yeah. um, man, uh, well, they didn't was,
0: miss enough shots for it to be worse yeah, yeah, that's, <laughs> best, that's true.
1: They were absolutely torching us from the outside. So yeah, I mean we just got absolutely torched and ran out of the gym Yeah, uh, you know, like as you said, I mean I, I'm, I'm kind of like confused on why we didn't play our young players in the fourth quarter like at all i didn't think that made like a lot of sense but i mean i know yeah a long road too like, if we
0: have a back-to-back coming up i don't know man. yeah
1: i'm not sure man
0: they've already graduated out of garbage time man. <laughs> yeah i guess so uh, um, i mean i feel
1: like i'd rather see our young guys out yeah. there uh, but whatever
0: We'll get to this in a minute in who's crushing it. But I thought New York looked really good. Uh, they they look like they have it all together after the, the trade for OG. Five and and uh, the trade. He, he seems like he's just fitting in perfectly in that offense. They're moving the ball well, um, which is something they, I think they struggled a little bit with. Uh, Jalen Brunson and and Julius Randle going one-on-one a little too much at times, uh, but their ball movement was really crisp, uh, resulting in a lot of open threes, like you said. Um, And then when they didn't make shots, they got offensive rebounds. And then their defense looked locked in. I'm assuming they're going to make a big move at some point uh, between now and then, maybe not a huge move, but some sort of move to just get a little more depth in the rotation but uh they're looking like someone who could possibly uh compete with the top dogs in the east and that's not something that i would have expected headed in heading into the season
1: yeah even miles mcbride torched us which uh obviously as soon as they traded quickly i don't know if it was like if they did this before or right after but they extended him and he's been playing you know the backup point guard minutes and He's been pretty solid and yeah, he was in a bunch of open threes on us as well. So, uh, the Knicks, yeah, like, as you said, they look really, really good at the moment. Of course, Jalen Brunson is phenomenal. OG has been exactly what they've needed. Uh, Randall still solid now, as far as who they're going to get at the deadline, I still don't know who that will be. Uh, but I'm definitely excited to see what the Knicks decide to do because, uh, they definitely have what it takes to compete this year. In my opinion, I think the OG trade like fit just seamlessly for them. Uh, and i'm just curious I'm, I'm i'm excited to see what they do next really am i'm excited to see what they do next
0: yeah unfortunately malcolm broad didn't have the best game yeah, against new york he was, was really terrible. good against brooklyn but um uh, didn't play well against new york so that would that would have been a nice uh thing to see him play well so that uh he could increase his trade value with them but uh um so ever since the game or during the game on social media uh There seems to be some sort of big debate now about coaching. Uh, So where do you stand on the job Chauncey Billups is doing or not doing? And do you think that coaching doesn't really matter this year because no coach could possibly coach this team to be good? Or do you think um, his coaching is leading to something that might cause some long-term damage
1: yeah phil jackson couldn't even fix this team apparently (laughs) yeah Uh, so yeah i've seen tweets like that um it's been i i have seen a lot of things on twitter like i'm starting to see a collective group of blazers fans and it's been you know shown on my before you page uh people saying when are we gonna hold chauncey accountable when does he need to go and then of course there's some other people that you know as you mentioned are saying that this season doesn't matter no coach would have you know had this team playing well or whatever and I I highly disagree. I mean, as we mentioned, this team, they kind of, again, they tempered their expectations a little bit when they did it, but they hyped up this roster being able to do uh, what they wanted now. This is what they wanted. Like, you know, they'll be able to play uh, team ball or whatever. And and it's been far from that. It's just, I I can't sit here and positively say that I liked, like the one time I truly liked Chauncey, was last year at the beginning of the season. I was like, okay, maybe this – maybe he can be the coach going forward. But other than that, no, I have not liked anything about Chauncey, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. Uh, and I don't think he should be the coach for the long term. I'm not – like, I don't think firing him tomorrow would fix anything. Like, I think it's good that he's here right now. That way we, we're bad and we tank because that's probably what this season should be anyway. But – yeah. Like going forward, if like, if he were to like stay long-term and I know he is a well-respected guy, I'm sure the guys love him. And I know like he'll get recruit free agents because players around the league respect him, which I it, you know, I don't know how true that really is anyway, but he should not. What be about all the big free agents we got? Right? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> he should not, he should not be the coach uh, going forward. Uh, after this season, I hope they fire him. I really do. Will they? I have no idea.
0: Yeah, my thing is, um, if you're a good coach, your team should at least look like they're taking steps forward or improving, um, the, at least in the team aspect, or catching. Like, if, if it's early in the season and you're having these complicated schemes, um, like, it's one thing to struggle with them. But by this point, you're almost halfway into the season. You should start to be seeing progress with that. And instead, we're still seeing heavy iso sets and very little ball movement. We're last in the league in cuts off ball. Um, And we're one of the slowest-paced teams. Um, So to me, when you go into a season saying you want to play at a fast pace, you want to get up and run and use all this athleticism you have on your roster, and then you fast-forward almost 40 games into the season and you're not doing that really to me, that shows that you're not capable as a coach of getting your players to do the system or whatever you were hoping to have them do. And so that doesn't leave me very confident in things moving forward. And you can say all you want while well, the players are the ones missing the shots or, or turning the ball over or whatever, but, there's just to me, if it's like almost every first quarter you get off to a bad start and it's always something, either the turnovers or or we just can't hit a basket or can't get a good shot um, or we get good shots uh if you you miss good you miss good shots and all that stuff. but uh to me at, at some point, you have to question whether the team is prepared to play if they're just getting, blown out early in games in the first quarter and just coming out turning the ball over that's that's a sign of a team that's not well coached in my opinion no matter how how much responsibility Chauncey has for a person turning it over like he can't control that but when it's constantly happening and we're we're, like we still have the same problems and then you combine that with um, like I said at this point in the season it seems like you can use the injury excuse all you want the last couple of years, but it seems like this team isn't getting better heading into January and February and stuff like that. Whereas in my opinion, if you're a well-coached team, you would start to see progress with all this stuff at this point. And outside of Scoot, um, you know, who's, you know, for the last few weeks been playing a little better, but he's also had some bad games lately too. Uh since he had some good ones. So um and then Sharp, yeah, was injured. Uh but since he's come back, I think he's had one good game in Brooklyn. Um but he's been on a minutes restriction, so I'm not a hundred percent blaming Chauncey for this, but uh there's he's not playing like he was at the end of last season, at the beginning of this season. And so there seems to be some sort of uh, weird thing going on there where he's regressing a little bit as well, or just not into the games as much. And to me, that's on the coaching staff to get your team. And and most importantly, Scoot Anfernee and Sharp, um, more specifically, scoot and sharp i think are the most important pieces to develop this season their development is uh crucial to the success of this rebuild in my opinion um so for them to not seemingly be a huge focal point right now um that to me is a problem
1: absolutely i mean there's also the you know thing where sharp is no longer starting when uh, when he was starting he looked really good um, and I know we have a weird, you know, starting lineup where, you know, we have to play their Scoot, Simon, Sharp. Maybe one of them has to come off the bench because you want to start Kamara, of course, and then Jeremy Grant, you're not going to, you know, put him on the bench. So, and then I, it's just been, yeah, I mean, everything you basically said, like Sharp has regressed, it feels like, or is going through a regression right now, even though, you know, when he got the opportunity to start, everything looked great. Uh, The team is not a fast-paced team at all, uh, which is something we highly anticipated uh, going into this season, and, it, you know, this team is athletic. It it felt like a team that was going to be able to do that, and it's just far from that ball movement it isn't as great as we thought it would be. It's just been all-around un- disappointing. It really has been. Like, uh, if nothing else, like, yeah, we could be bad, but at least I would like to see the product and the four, you know, look like it's going somewhere, which... I think is what everyone wants to see, which is why everyone is questioning whether Chauncey should be the guy going forward. And I think it's fair to, you know, think that. And I, I mean, I think a lot of people have been out on Chauncey for a while, but he's just here and we don't know if they'll fire him. I will say though, uh, you know, Jody Allen, she fired or, you know, not necessarily fired, but the other team she owns, they got rid of (laughs) Pete Carroll. He is going, he's not going to be the coach anymore. So there is hope. I mean, if you can get rid of Pete Carroll, I think you can get rid of Chauncey. So, um, yeah, it's just a matter of, I guess, waiting on that to happen. I I hope, and I also hope they don't go, well, oh, you know, we were missing Robert Williams and DeAndre Aiden, so we didn't have our bigs this year. What do you expect us to do? Like, stuff like that, which I can already see that coming, potentially, by the way. Um, I mean, it's always their excuse. Yeah, Aiden's also, I think, doubtful for the Thunder game, so he won't be back. Um, I think he's doubtful anyway um yeah it's just it sucks man and chauncey i think i honestly if there's one thing a lot of blazers fans can agree with and i think all of us can agree with uh is that he should be gone and i've seen i've seen people that have like disagreed with other opinions that i've seen that everyone is on the collective like chauncey needs to go like he's not the guy so uh hopefully that happens it re- hopefully it does happen
0: yeah my thing is uh like it's one thing if the the Blazers are turning it over or playing bad defense because they're trying to learn something new. And um, we saw this in the 2019 Western Conference Finals. Uh, the Blazers had to play a different defense uh, that they played the entire season. And it was just a tad slow to rotate and to recover because they hadn't done it enough or... Much at all that season. So when they got to the point where they needed to switch up their defense, uh, it just wasn't completely locked in. And against a team like the Warriors, they're going to kill that if you are slow on your rotations or are a second late to close out and things like that. So, um, in my opinion, if you're losing and the offense looks bad or you're having a lot of turnovers because you're trying to force, fast breaks you're trying to get out and run and you're turning the ball over in transition then i can live with that because at least you can see them trying to apply something they wanted to do as a team um and then on defense if you're giving up a lot of points because you're trapping and they're the other teams getting out of the trap and scoring or um you know you're you're doing some sort of rotation that's different than you're used to. And it's just a little slow, like I said, but by the end of the season, or like even by this point, if you were doing those things throughout the season, you should be able to see noticeable improvement. And to me, you look at their offense, especially the last game against New York. And there was a possession where Chris Murray came in and was still playing with most of the starters. And he got the ball in the corner and the other four players just stood there. And he tried, Chris tried to drive. There was nothing there. He tried to pass it out. There was no one there. So he had to dribble all the way back out to the top. And then uh, still no one moved. All four players were still standing in the exact same position, not nowhere near a place where they could score the ball or get a pass. And then so he had to take it one-on-one from the top of the key. He dribbled for about 10 seconds the whole possession and, and took a shot. Um, that's not on Chris. That's just... To me, that's just uh, an indictment on this scheme. There's way too much standing around. There's not enough off-ball movement. The movement they do have leads to nothing. It's just movement for the sake of movement, just to get into the same position they normally get in. It's just with an extra, extra handoff or whatever. Um, so a lot of this stuff, to me, seems like it's not generating offense for the players that you need it to generate for and when you're struggling in the half court or struggling to even get out and get transition buckets in my opinion you have to have more structure and run more set plays and try to get somebody going off of off ball movement uh, whether that's simons or sharp or whoever Um, like even if it's as simple as the little curl screen to get Sharp right around the free throw line. Um, I'm I'm really confident and comfortable with him getting the ball around there. That he's going to make the right decision. Uh, he's shown an ability to pass um, since the end of last season and into this season. Um, and he can hit that mid range jumper. He can take it strong to the paint. Uh, so when he comes in and doesn't see the ball for like three minutes or just seems to be lost out there and no one's looking for him and he's just standing there watching ISO sets and stuff like that. To me, that shows a really bad coaching and just no sort of structure or clue on what they're, they're actually doing. And yeah, you can say, I completely agree. Like no coaches making this team win 60 games and making, getting the first seed in the playoffs or whatever. That's not what I don't think anyone believes, but, it's just, it shouldn't look this bad either. And no coach should just get a pass because his roster is bad. Mm-hmm. Like, so that means there can't ever be a bad coach if there's a bad team, right? Like there has to be some sort of accountability for a coach not being able to take his roster and elevate it or make them look better or show some progress to where you're developing your players. And I just don't see that out of Chauncey. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Absolutely. Do you think there's uh, any chance he's fired before the season is over?
0: I don't think so. I, I mean, unless, so unless, I mean, if these blowouts keep mounting up, I guess it's embarrassing, you know, like, especially if some of them are at home in front of our own fans. Um, I think maybe something can happen, but i I really think he's he's gonna make it at least through this season and maybe yeah. even next
1: season, oh man, if they don't do something <laughs> this off season like that would be absolutely ridiculous. is yeah. there like uh is there like a coach out there that you're like wanting to coach a team like this? Is there someone you have your eyes on? I know like Denver's assistant has been mentioned before uh Miami's assistant, yeah, um, is there someone you like that's out there that you think would be a good coach for this team
0: I mean. This is a name that I wanted to look at uh, back in the day when we hired Chauncey, and that's Jerry Stackhouse from Vanderbilt. I really like his philosophies. I like the way he coaches. I like the way he runs his offensive sets and things like that. Um, But, I mean, Vanderbilt is a tough place to coach, so he doesn't have the, like, record or anything. So um, it's not really uh, probably a viable option for Portland. Uh, but yeah, I would, I would go after a young hotshot assistant. Um, I would make sure it's an offensive guy. Um, defense is important. So I would have the lead assistant be a, like a defensive veteran coach that Roy Rogers was supposed to be, I guess. (laughs) Um, uh, but, um, yeah, I would, I would definitely look at the assistant route and look for, a a more uh positive offensive mind um in in that regard but yeah it's it's kind of hard to know names right now
1: yeah definitely i just didn't know if you had anyone that you had your eyes set on uh but
0: well a lot of the people i wanted are now yeah coaching and are in trench places uh where you probably could have gotten them a couple years ago but um yeah that ship has sailed (laughs) uh like a will hardy and mark dynalt uh mike brown is one of the few retreads i thought deserved another chance and is doing really well with the kings um yeah mark jackson no not mark jackson (laughs) (laughs) retread of mark all (laughs) All right right, so
1: you ready to move on to yeah all right well no i have a couple other questions for you before we get on all right so
0: uh we when this episode will air uh we'll have four weeks until the trade deadline just general, generally speaking, what do you want to have added to this team? It can be draft picks, it can be players. What kind of assets are you looking, when we talk four weeks from now, what are you hoping that the Blazers accomplish or have that's, that they don't have right now?
1: Uh, I am definitely hoping for more draft capital. That's an easy one to say, obviously. I wouldn't mind taking you know a chance on a young. If this were to come about, don't I don't really have a you know specific name I'm thinking about, but if there were a young player that some team was ready to move on from, just because you know maybe he doesn't fit there or whatever it may be, or he's never gonna get minutes or opportunity there, and there's a spot for him here, that's another thing I'd like to look at. Um, uh. We could even look at i mean we could even look at bad contracts i don't know i don't really have one at the top of my head at the moment i don't even know if that's really a viable option but like getting picks to take on bad salary although obviously we don't have like a lot of like cap we don't have like cap room to take take things Mm -hmm. on so we'd have to send them back stuff as well so uh, i don't even know if that's really a viable option honestly but Uh, Definitely. I mean, easy answer. It's like young players and draft picks. That's what this team should be looking for. Obviously there's no reason for this team to try to bring in some veteran to save the day. That's not going to be helpful at all. And I wouldn't mind if they moved every single veteran that we have. Honestly, I wouldn't mind it. Now, will they do that? Probably not. I know I've been saying this for a while. The one guy you absolutely have to move is Brogdon. There's no reason why he should be here after the deadline. He has to be traded. Uh, if yeah. he's here after the deadline, I'm going to be very upset. He needs to be moved. Uh, Grant, I wouldn't mind moving him as well if there is a team. And I, I do think there is going to be teams that might want him, honestly. I really do. Mm-hmm. Like, whether it's the Lakers, who um, need more shooting anyway, uh, which Jeremy Grant's not, like, an elite lead shooter, but obviously he's, you know, decent enough from the outside. Um, and then, you know, the Pacers are interested in a, a four. Uh, so I don't know if the, they see Jeremy Grant as the guy they'd want as that huge upgrade. Uh, there should be teams even sacramento like there should be teams that would want a jeremy grant so i don't know how they can't move him this season either so i think he is a viable option to be moved um viable uh doesn't he have like a no trade clause technically at the trade deadline yeah
0: because they matched uh his yeah. contract in the offseason he has a one-year veto you can say no to any trades
1: I don't know if he would just like sit there and say, no, I feel like if the team wanted to move him and there was some team willing to take him and he could go to a better situation, I feel like, you know, he tried to go to a better situation in Dallas. So I I don't see how he would veto that. So uh, maybe he would, I don't know. It depends, I guess, where we're sitting him. but uh, Thibel, if we can move him, let's go ahead and do that. Aiden, I think is completely off the table. He's probably stuck here. I don't think there's any way we're moving him. So he's probably obviously going to just stay here. And uh, you know, I don't think is there any other veteran I'm missing. I think that's pretty much you know covers them all. I mean, there's
0: Robert Williams, but yeah, he's but hurt, we're not so moving. He probably has yeah, no value. Yeah. yeah.
1: So yeah, yeah. I, if they could yeah. all be gone, that's my dream scenario. But mm. I don't know because I want to see these young guys play as many minutes as possible. Trade Chauncey yeah. too, while we're at it. Go ahead and do that.
0: <laughs> yeah, for me, I want one kind of premium asset, whether that's a young player or a pick, a really good pick. I think they just need to keep adding. Those kind of things to to the thing. So bare minimum, you trade Brogdon, you get one of those things: either a young player and an expiring, or a a nice pick and an expiring. Um, I mean, if obviously you can get more, that's great too. Um, and it, I personally want them to trade just about everyone that's not part of their long term future. Um, but yeah, so I'm just hoping for at least if we're sitting here a month from now, and we do not have at least one more first round pick and and or one more, like, nice young player that we can watch and develop the rest of the season, I'm going to be kind of mad.
1: It'd be an absolute failure. It'd be an absolute mm-hmm. failure because, honestly, Portland has the opportunity to dictate the deadline, really. Mm-hmm. Like, they have guys that contending teams are going to want. It would have been even better if, obviously, Robert Williams was healthy. Like, that would have been – the golden prize in my opinion at the deadline if he was still playing but unfortunately that did not work out the way it did uh but again i think grant is going to be an a guy that teams are looking at um you know theibel has been pretty solid this year i wouldn't be surprised if some team would want him Uh and then brogdon like they should all be moved and there's no reason why they shouldn't why they they can't be moved as we lost eric for a second but he's going to be back in literally two seconds. Um, boom, he's back. We got him back. Okay, so yeah, move move everybody. Uh, there's no reason why anyone should stay here. Uh, send Jeremy Grant to Sacramento. Let's bring <laughs> Keegan Murray back and reunite him with his brother. No, I'm just kidding. That's definitely off the table. But uh, just first, ra- like you said, first round pick, young player. Like we should at least be sitting here with at least one more first round pick after the deadline, at the very least. If yeah. more, that's fantastic that that's where we should be we should be set up for the offseason and we should be feeling pretty good about ourselves
0: absolutely and a team that's not feeling very good about themselves right now the Memphis Grizzlies has announced this week that John Morant has a torn labrum in his shoulder and is out the rest of the season Uh, they were looking pretty good I think they were six and three or something since they had been back we're starting to climb up near other teams to where they could possibly make a run at the play-in. Uh, what did you think when you saw that surprising news? I,
1: I was absolutely yeah. shocked. Uh, they it, it, it haven't practiced. Isn't that what they said? Yeah. Or yeah,
0: something over the weekend. Yeah, some,
1: That's just so unfortunate because I believe this team would have made it to the play-in. I mean, John Moran, of course, if he was healthy all year, they're not even in that uh, situation anyway. So, yeah, uh, really unfortunate for them. But at the same time, obviously, we've seen in the past where the Warriors were kind of in this situation. They reset. They get into uh, the off season. They get a lottery pick, which is, I think, where the Grizzlies could go this year. Um, mm. Now, obviously, maybe they find a way. I don't think so because they were really bad without them. Uh, but, yeah. yeah, they should probably just look to tank the rest of the year, in my opinion. Uh, there's like,
0: no chance they're in playoff, too. Yeah,
1: I don't think there's any reason for them yeah. to try this year anymore, which sucks because, you know, it felt like this team was going to go on a run. Uh, but absolutely, I think this is a good year to sit back, um, you know, take a reset. You probably get a lottery pick. Um, they have all their future picks, I believe. So, like, they should be set up really good. Who knows? Maybe they get lucky and, uh, get number one overall, depending on where they finish up in the lottery. Um, and Alex R would be, a, you know, they need a big man anyway, because Steven Adams, of course, got hurt. So, uh, you know, if they've got luck into a guy like that, that put him next to Jaron Jackson, John Rant, I think they could be pretty set for next season. Mm-hmm. So I don't think this is the worst thing in the world. Obviously it sucks, uh, but they're young enough where I think they can get away with it. If this was like the Clippers – where their timeline is now and the windows closing in a, you know, other, well, I guess quasi side extension. So maybe the windows open yeah. even further. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, like if this was an older team, I think they'd be in trouble, but since they're somewhat of a young team, I, I think it's not the worst thing in the world.
0: Yeah. I think that's the difference between them and golden state is that golden state had a mostly aging roster. And we're trying to supplement that with younger players. Whereas Memphis still has a pretty large window, um, assuming jaw and uh jaron jackson are there for a while so you add a lottery pick to that i think that's the right way to go and i think it's pretty clear now that san antonio portland and memphis are uh by all i know not technically but they're eliminated from the playoffs so it's 12 teams left fight for 10 spots and i really have no idea which one of those uh 10 teams uh or which one of the which two of those 12 teams won't make it but it, it's going to be a fascinating race the, the end of the season it'd be great if the warriors are like the 13th like somewhere between uh or the 11th or 12th seed because um the blazers own their pick as long as it doesn't move up to the top four so uh that'd be nice if they if it was sitting there like eight or nine or something by the end of the season uh but yeah I, I don't know, man, it's, there's still a long ways to go. And the Warriors still have a lot of talent. Um, so we'll see if they make a big move or not. Yeah. I, uh, I was
1: about to say they may make make a move at the deadline improve prove their roster somehow. They need to do something.
0: Yeah. All right. So then uh, one more basketball question I have for you, but it's about football. Okay. Uh, I know I kind of got your thoughts on Twitter about it, but you're watching commanders. Yep. sign Bob Myers to be a consultant and to help them out with some of their searches. <laughs> what did you think when you saw your football team hiring a <laughs> basketball GM? And uh, do you like that outside the box type thinking since the commanders have been bad for a while?
1: I, I do. I, I do like it because obviously Bob Myers was a huge part of the warrior success and uh, he stepped down. Um, and uh, this, this came out of nowhere, which is also a good thing because uh you know the previous owner in washington leaked almost everything i think so uh, sure. the fact this was under wraps for as long as it was is pretty uh, amazing and uh i was watching i was listening to a podcast about it and uh apparently this isn't like the first time a team has done this i don't remember what other team did this but they hired someone from like another sport uh and they just you know started as an advisor which is what bob myers is starting as uh so who knows if he sticks around after you know he helps us with what uh, we need done um if he does we'll see but uh the guy the other team that the guy hired um he stuck around so i'm not saying bob myers is going to uh mm. but i i like it i mean josh harris of course also you know has a connection with him because he's also you know not even not just an owner of washington owns the new jersey red or the devils and uh you know for hockey and then owns also the 76ers of course so yeah. um he has connections and i think it's Um, I think it's smart to use every, you know, get as many, you know, good minds in the room. And, uh, you know, there is a possibility that there's too many voices in the room and that could be problematic, but, I, I think this is good because the previous owner was, you know, obviously he was one of the worst people in the world, basically. Uh, (laughs) but this Josh Harris is willing to admit that, you know, getting as many people to help is a good thing and he doesn't need to do it all on his own. So yeah. I like it a lot. I really do, and I think Washington. Not that I'm going to go like you know in depth on it because we don't want to talk about them too much. But this offseason for Washington should be really good. It, the yep. future is bright.
0: Yeah, I agree, and that's one of the best jobs that's available with all oh, the ones I, ab- that are absolutely. out there. Uh, but yeah, I thought, I thought that was interesting. And the more I thought about it, the more I I thought, you know, why not? Like um, Bob Myers is a smart guy. Um, it's as long as you have like a cap guru to explain some of the interest, intricacies of the NFL cap cuz it's a lot different with dead money and stuff and um signing bonuses and things like that um but as long as as you do that um I don't see how uh just having a guy who knows how to put together a roster and I think the other example you were thinking of was the Browns I believe hired a baseball guy yeah it might have been um, in their front office like an analytics guy to to run or to do something in their front office.
1: So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it's fantastic, honestly. I really yeah. do.
0: All right, now it's time for who's crushing it this week. Um, you want to start us off? Who do you have as your first uh, crushing it of the week?
1: Uh, so, RJ Barrett in Toronto, uh, since All he's right. gotten there, has been pretty he solid was on yeah. yeah, so I, I want to put RJ Barrett in there. He's had a couple of good games as of late, um, but uh, I don't have it in front of me. Hold on. But RJ... Uh, has been pretty good for the toronto raptors uh you know obviously uh 37 points against the warriors that was the big game obviously uh she was 13 of 20 uh he's currently playing right now against the clippers as well uh and then had 23 against the lakers so uh you know obviously he's at home so that was my first one rj barrett
0: yeah i had him on my list too uh so i actually put um, quickly Barrett and OG all on. here. Yeah,
1: I would have uh, had all of them too. Yeah. So I guess we can get rid of it. So they've all,
0: they've all played five games. Um, Barrett is averaging 21.4 points and 7.2 rebounds on 50% shooting, uh, from three. And that's on 4.4 attempts per game. So pretty good. Um, and then quickly is averaging 18 points and 6.2 assists shooting 45.7% on three. For three on uh seven attempts a game so both of them shooting the lights out on the raptors and then og is also shooting the lights out shooting 45 and percent from three in his five games the knicks like you mentioned earlier in the show they're five and oh and he's averaging over 14 points and five rebounds so all three of them i think deserve to be on here and uh could end up being one of those rare win-win trades for both teams
1: i agree i, I definitely think it could be uh next guy, I was even watching him uh tonight uh as this game went to overtime. Uh Alpert man. And I haven't watched a ton of Rockets games this year. Uh but some of the shots he was That's hitting your down chamber. the stretch. <laughs> 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 uh yeah, I, I the some of the shots he was hitting down the stretch. Uh, you know, to force overtime and make this a competitive game because the Rockets Ooh. technically had no business even forcing overtime. It was like Chicago had a really good lead, but, and then Shingun just started like hitting these crazy, there's like, there's a one shot on Twitter uh, if you've seen a clip of it, but like, he's like just absolutely, you know, it's almost like Jokic-esque where uh, I think it was in the finals where Yo- obviously it wasn't from like half court like it was with Jokic, but like Jokic just like, Whole, you know, heaves one up from half court. It goes in. And it was almost like what that was almost like what Shingun did. He was absolutely guarded. Now it was at the rim, though. It was like, again, from half court. But uh, Shingun, man, I'm impressed. Uh, been, yeah. been very good for Houston. And uh, he seems like the, their best player. And he's, mm-hmm. you know, at 25 tonight against Chicago. Unfortunately, he did lose the game. Um, Kobe White hit a big shot uh, to uh, and then Zach Levine. Zach Levine in overtime was crazy, too. Uh, but and then scores twenty two against Miami, twenty-one against Milwaukee. And he was also the player of the week uh, in the NBA, I believe. So yeah. shout out to Albert again. Uh
0: my next guy is Demondus Sabonis again, uh twenty five, fourteen and a half, and ten and a half over his last four, shooting sixty eight point three percent from the field. So anytime you're averaging over a triple double, um, and your name's not Jokic, um, we just gotta mention him.
1: Absolutely so uh but yeah i would have had og and uh mm-hmm. quickly or yeah og and quickly on here so that was all mine
0: all right so my last guy is anthony davis then uh 30.8 points 11 rebounds 4.3 assists over the last four uh lakers have been struggling they got that win uh the ref aided win according to um Toronto's coach i don't know if you saw that press conference where he
1: i have i didn't watch it but i've i saw people posting about it yeah
0: so he laid into the refs pretty good and uh stuck up for a lot of his players um i wish more coaches would do that i know you get fined for criticizing the refs but i do think it's it's a good team building thing to stick up for your players and we've seen that with Anthony Simons uh, over the past couple of weeks, get frustrated in several games, and arguably, arguably upset uh, or like visibly upset with the refs uh, for not getting any sort of love on calls. And so I, I wish at times uh, the Blazers um, and specifically Chauncey Billups would just take one for the team and and get a T or or call out the refereeing on Anthony Simons in the post-game press conference.
1: One more, actually, I forgot. Uh, Jalen Brown, Boston. Obviously, Celtics Boston are very good, uh, but he's averaging, like, over 30, I think, in his last, like, three or so games, and uh, yeah. had 40 against Pacers, had 35 tonight. Tatum scores 45 as well in that Tim Wolves game. Uh, so, yeah, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, they're amazing. What you know, They don't really yeah, – t-
0: Tatum missed a couple games, but he's been awesome in 2024 as well. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's get to Hoopshocks uh prospect of the week. This week, it's Nikola Topic from Serbia. Uh, he's been playing in the ABA league there. Uh, fortunately, he did suffer a knee injury recently, and it's going to keep him out about six weeks. Oh, wow. um, but uh, this is a guy who, before the injury, was um, solidifying himself as probably a top five pick. There's several uh, draft experts that have him near the top of this draft with the uncertainty of who should go number one. Um, so it's someone, I don't know how much that injury is going to affect him, but this guy could go anywhere from the top pick to, you know, probably seven or eight. Uh, so he's he's got a bit of a range where he could go in, um, but he measured 6'6 without shoes. So he's one of the few guys we know for sure. <laughs> it has legit size, 7-foot uh, wingspan, and he's a point guard. So that's that's really good size for a point guard. Uh, I mean, it's not as big as Luca, but um, kind of plays like a, a similar version to him. Um, gets into paint uh, with ease. Uh, he uses his size. Well, he's got good ball handling. Uh, he's pretty good in the pick and roll. Um, his body is his height and stuff like that. He uses it to finish around, around bigs at the rim. So he's a pretty good finisher. Um, unfortunately, uh, his shooting isn't the best. Um, his three point shooting is an issue. Um, his free throw percentage though is good. It's in the 80%. So, um, you'd think his form is decent. So I, I don't see it being a long-term issue. It's not like some other players we've seen that the, the form needs to be reworked or it just looks really bad. Um, so I think he's got good enough form to eventually, and his, his three point shot looks good in my opinion. So it should start going in more often. Um, so I don't know if that's going to be an issue long-term. He also doesn't really shoot the mid-range or floaters great because he always gets to the rim. So he doesn't shoot a ton of them. Um, so yeah, there's a little bit of his competition, um, isn't the greatest in that Serbian league. Uh, so he just, he can dominate players in there. So it's, it's kind of hard to evaluate him, um, from game film, um, just, watching him easily blow by defenders and stuff like that um but in the i think what's going to intrigue teams is obviously that size and passing and creation ability and that's something that's very important in the nba and so i think despite his shortcomings i think uh, teams are going to fall in love with just the idea of him at that size with that creation ability And as far as his defense goes, um, that's by far his biggest question mark, even more so than shooting. Um, On ball isn't great. I don't think he has really good lateral foot speed, so he's not going to be able to be like a great point of attack defender or anything like that. Uh, Doesn't move his feet exceptionally well. Uh, But his help defense and team defense is pretty good, so you can kind of play him off ball and um, have him be a help defender with that size um, it's not like we watch with the Blazers where they get stuck with the smaller guards under the hoop and and they can't do anything. I think um, having that long wingspan and that frame will allow him to guard a little bit better and maybe be a secondary rim protector in the NBA. But uh, yeah, so Nikola Topic, uh, pretty good prospect. Hopefully his injury doesn't affect him too much.
1: Yeah, it sounds like he kind of fits the mold as well as like, uh, point guard with size, which has been, you know, obviously something the NBA has really had some talent come in. There's these, mm-hmm. a lot of these guys that are over six six playing point guard: Lamelo, Kate Cunningham, uh, Luka yeah. Doncic, uh, Amin Thompson in this last draft. So, uh, yeah, he fits exactly what I feel like the NBA is gravitating towards. I think as we keep going, size is going to become very, very important for every single team. So. Uh, obviously, you can get away with having a six three, you know point guard or whatever still. but I think ideally, I think most NBA teams are gonna want like everything to be like six, six, and above on the court at all times. Switchable. I can see it yeah. yeah, I think that ah uh, I think that's what we might see in the future. So uh, he sounds like an intriguing prospect for a team uh, that might need a point guard and adding him with uh, the way or I mean like San Antonio, for instance. I mean they they need a point guard as we know. Um, him and and Yama, uh, you know, sounds, sounds fun.
0: And before we go, I, I w- should have mentioned this earlier, but, uh, the blazers surprisingly cut Skylar Mays. And, oh yeah. I forgot about that. Um, who was the other person that cut oh, uh, Ish Wainwright. Um, they cut them on Saturday. What, what did you feel about them cutting those two players?
1: It was really random. I was surprised about Skylar Mays. Not too surprised about Ish Wainwright. Right. Uh, but my immediate thoughts were like, this is most likely to, uh, I don't know when the deadline is and they need to have 14 players on the roster. Um, but this, I felt uh, my immediate reaction was, oh, this must be, they're giving Duop Reef like a, you know, a guaranteed contract, whether it's just for this season or whatever. But mm-hmm. um, that's what my immediate thoughts were. Obviously it also could mean bringing in an extra player in a trade if something was lined up. Uh, I'm not really sure if that's the case. It doesn't feel like it is, but maybe it is. Who knows? Uh but yeah, I was surprised about the Skylar May is not too surprised about Ishwin, right?
0: Yeah, they have until the twentieth uh to fill that fourteenth spot. If they haven't signed anyone by then, I assume they're just gonna sign Wreath to a contract. Or like you said, if they haven't made a trade by then. They could also you can sign ten days now. Um so maybe they just fill out a couple 10 days until the, the all-star or not the all-star the uh, oh, trade deadline. deadline. Um, and then if they need the extra roster spot, they can easily get it. If not, they can just promote Wreath and be fine. Uh, but either way, I think sometime after the short uh, trade deadline at the latest, I, I think Wreath will be promoted to the roster because they don't want, you don't get to play 50 games as a two way. And I don't think they want, him to lose up all their time with uh robert williams being out and uh how much uh time Aiden's missed with that knee tendonitis. so and i think moses they want brown the big yeah too. so yeah moses brown out several weeks i'm gonna be also surprised if they don't waive him at some point but uh his guaranteed date just passed so um now it cost him more money to waive than it would have had they done it prior to that. So I guess for some reason they wanted to keep an injured center on the roster that they didn't need to, uh, but, but cut Skylar Mays. It doesn't make sense to me, but it's what happened.
1: Yep. So uh, I don't know what to take from it. I guess we'll see what happens. Uh, maybe it's a prog in trade incoming. <laughs> I don't know. Like, uh, but like I said, more, uh, more lean towards Duop Reith getting a contract or like you said, maybe 10 days. We'll see.
0: Yeah. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Hoops Crush. We appreciate everyone for tuning in and watching. Um, If you don't mind, hit that like button and also subscribe to Blazers Uprise podcast if you haven't already um, to get this show each week and also other shows like Blazers Uprise Live. Um, And then also go check out Brady's main channel, Crushables. Um, at. uh what did you release a video today? I didn't check,
1: sorry. Uh yeah, it was actually uh I redid the Blazers off season. Now oh, I will okay. say I will say that video turned out to be very funky, like uh, most of the things I did would have never have happened because the team would have easily been a luxury tax team and obviously that Uh, never would have happened, so um, yeah, Uh, but yeah, it was kind of fun. I got Dame a championship in Portland, but obviously that's in a a theoretical (laughs) world that we'll never see, so maybe in the future when he's 38 and signs here, maybe we'll see.
0: And what's your next video on the docket do you have one yet
1: uh not at the moment not really okay. sure what's uh game i usually always go the morning of <laughs> yeah
0: go check out his channel it's really great and uh, he does a lot of fun rebuilds. so go check it out that's crushables uh, but yeah thank you everyone for watching and until next time i'll do it for you brady right. peace out go blazers <laughs>